0: Support for this podcast is provided by Allergan, an AbbVie company. We've been creating innovative products and services for our providers and our patients for over 70 years.
1: Ocular Surface Disease It's complex, chronic, and progressive, but rife with opportunity for the enterprising optometrist.
2: The mission of this podcast is to make this condition more understandable and accessible to those interested in specializing in it. So let's get to the point. Welcome to another episode of the To The Point podcast. My name is Jackie Garlick and I'm joined by my co-host Leslie O'Dell. We have been able to bring on a lot of great people on this podcast and today is no different. We are so very happy to have another uh, intrepid Eye Society member with us today, Dr. Adam Ramsey. Adam literally runs circles around us with all the things that he's accomplished. He is the author of Play Chess Not Checkers, a book on how to start your optometry practice. He is the owner of Socialite Vision in Florida, and he is the co-founder of Black Eye Care Perspective. We're so happy to chat with you today, Adam. Welcome.
1: And actually, Adam, I'm actually thinking I need the Play Chestnut Checkers book immediately. So I'm about nine months into a cold start. So couldn't be better timing for me to talk to you.
0: Perfect timing. And uh, you you go go through everything. And as we're recording this podcast, my office flooded out on Sunday night and shut down this week. So uh, knowing how to open up o- open an office and also knowing how to rebuild an office, maybe will be part two of uh, my play chess uh, book, but it's the crazy life of private practice. And I love it even with even while I'm sitting in water as I'm recording Gosh. It, uh, and I enjoy it. Oh,
2: I'm so sorry. That's awful. Oh, it, it,
0: it's, it's part of life. Now I get, I get to remodel after six years. I wish I did the first
2: time. Always a bright side. I I like like your your attitude. It's
0: fine.
2: Well, um, I'm sorry that that (laughs) that happened with the flooding. We wanted to bring you on today to talk about um, a few different things. I mean, you have done a lot of things in the eye care world. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about is um, something that I noticed you do, which is a concierge eye care in terms of a dry eye evaluation. Can you talk about why you started that, how you market that, like what, what brought you, what made you wanna do that? And um, yeah, just give us a once over.
0: Well, thanks for, thanks for the question. Thanks for having me on. Um, concierge medicine is big. I'm in Palm Beach Gardens. It is a lot of doctors are switching because of issues with insurance. Um, I'm still currently taking uh, vision insurance, but uh, my idea was where is concierge medicine actually and how does it play into eye care and optometry? Um, and my concierge practice doesn't just start just with the dry eye. I actually start from an initial exam. And from that a concierge medicine exam, then you pull out the dry eye patients. Um, from, from that, you have a few patients that uh, come to me specifically for the dry eye and want that, that total package. But for the most part, we're starting from a complete exam. Think of it as doing every test in the office and then giving a patient a report about every test that you could possibly do which is takes a long time to do, which is not something you would do on a normal exam. Unless they have glaucoma, why would you do an OCT of the optic nerve? Well, a patient that coming for a concierge medicine exam, they're getting literally every test done on them and you're gonna nitpick. Um, and that's what, that's what they're coming to you for, to nitpick. They don't want you to gloss over it. They want you to explain every detail, explain everything, show me everything. They wanna see it. They want the printouts. They want the digital copies. Um, And for that, we take two or three times as long to do the exam, but you charge them two, three, five, six times as much for the exam. Um, And those patients actually are some of my most loyal patients uh, because you're giving them a service that other people can't do. um, And other people have not taken the time to do. And some people don't want a 15 and 10 minute exam. Some people want to spend an hour with you and tell you about every single visit they've had at another doctor's office. And every single time they saw one flash of light and you to explain what this one flash of light. And this one time when I turned my head to the left and I blinked two times, it feels (laughs) weird. People want to sit down and, you know, most of us don't want to hear that, but the person that's coming in for that concierge medicine exam, that's literally what they want. And you can give them that, explain that, give them that peace of mind. Um, I've had some of my patients come to me and you know, it's quite a bit of money. So they come to me for year one, and let's say they skip year two, and they go somewhere else year two. I had a patient come back and said, Dr. Ramsey, I cheated on you. <laughs> I said, what do you mean you cheated on me? She said, I went somewhere else. I don't know what they did, but that's not what you did. I want you to do it again. And I was like, but you had an exam like a month ago. Is anything wrong? She says, no, but I have no peace of mind. I have no security in that they even checked for glaucoma. It um, have the check for macrogeneration. I don't know what they did. So I want you to do it again. Yeah. And charge charged her again. And uh, she was happy. She left with smiles. Um, and that's what the difference is separating your service to where there's a dramatic difference in what you're doing and another person. You know, um, in optometry, people get scared of everything and, and, and everything that's coming down the pipe. And I'd say if, if patients can't tell the difference between your exam and online, then they should do it online. If they go online and they feel it's equivalent, then they should actually go online. It's shame on us, not shame on the patient.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's a, you know, I think that what you're doing is amazing. And I'm sure you hear from your patients all the time, you know, are you the same kind of doctor that I just saw at X, Y, or Z? And, you know, because I've never had an exam like this. Um, I'm sure that, you know, Jackie hears that as well. Um, but so I think it's, you know, great. But, you know, what you're saying with concierge medicine is almost how you have to go, because even if you were doing a medically based exam, you know, if you're doing screening or preventative care like that optic nerve OCT, there's still you're still not able to build insurance for something that is preventative. And patients want that, you know, they want that wellness check and they and it's great, honestly, to have the baseline to follow over you know, the years of, of your, your time being their clinician. So the shame is that vision plans have actually pushed us to the 15 minute exam, you know, for sake of, Making money <laughs> a different way, so way to think outside the box.
2: I know. I really love that. Like a lot of concierge medicine practices, I, I have a few um, primary care physicians that do a concierge sort of model, and they are giving their cell phone number to the patient as part of their like, and it's like some sort of membership, yearly membership thing. Is that how this is, or it's like a per exam yep.
0: thing? Yeah. So no, they get they get uh, a package in which they have access to me. So. Um, I, I use a Google Voice number, and not my actual cell phone number, but it still comes. Smart. To my, very smart. Where there's a separation, and if I wanted to cancel it, just change the number, so they don't have my actual cell phone number, but they do. can They can call my phone, um, but they do get, and they can text me pictures of their kids. They're at the park and the beach, and what is this and what is that? And you know, I call them back at eleven o'clock at night and tell them this, tell them that. Take a picture. We do a telemedicine visit. If I have to, I come to the office, stuff like that. Um, that I, you know, don't really always do for uh, other patients and every single patient. Um, And uh, it gives them a little bit more access and more availability to the doctor and more more connection. Um, And I think it's more about the detail and the explanation more than anything. It's not that other doctors are not checking for glaucoma macrogeneration. It's just that, are you telling the patient that you checked it? Until they have a cataract that needs to be removed, do you tell them they even have a cataract? Mm -hmm patients that are 50 and 60 and like, you're the first person told me you've had a cataract. Well, ma'am, you're 65. You have had a cataract for a little while. You know, it may not need to be removed, but it's been there, it's not completely clear. Um, so it's just the explanation of what you're looking at and what, what the current state of that patient. And patients really want peace of mind because that's what they're missing from most of the other places. It's like, don't just tell me the day I, I'm diabetic Tell me, the leading up to it, what's going on? What are you testing? What do I need to look for? Um, That's what the hand-holding the patients are looking for, and the doctors that are willing to separate themselves are the ones that are going to survive. Otherwise, we'll become pharmacy. We'll just be working in a grocery store, and we'll be seeing patients and and burn and churn, and that's what it is, unless you're going to be, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be the compounding pharmacy. You're going to be the difference maker. Do something special. Do something unique. Otherwise. 10 years from now, optometry will not be the same as it, as it is today.
1: Oh my gosh, in 10 years, I'm gonna be working at Whole Foods. <laughs> I pick Whole Foods though. You guys can take your own groceries. for
0: <laughs> levels. Whole Foods, we call it Whole Check around here. So I don't actually even have
1: Whole Foods in my town, but if I did, that's where I'd wanna be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, so I what percent of your actually, patients are choosing that concierge type of approach?
0: So it's uh, a long 15%. It's not everybody. Yeah. Uh, and the 15% uh, Ooh, that and, seems
1: like a good number to me. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, yeah. But
0: my office, like I already, everybody has to choose to vote on the OCC. So if not my non-concierge patients already pay $59 on top of their IMED for 100% of the patients. So I see less patients overall than most providers in the area. But I still do some handholding. I still do some other things with people that don't choose to do the full package, but they're at least doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there. So that does, uh, that does help my practice uh, a lot.
2: And so here's the, so, so they have this monthly, I'm so curious about this. It's like such a great idea. I really don't think many people. I I don't know anyone that's doing this at eye care, but I'm sure there, there are others, but is do, they pay this monthly or no, is it a monthly or is it a year annual
0: year? fee? So I just charged, mm-hmm. I, I charge 599 for the eye exam in which they get the eye exam. They can do contacts under that. If a lot of them are contact lens patients. So that's including a contact lens eval. um, And then they can, um, and then we do a dry eye workup within that as well. Um, Some of the patients have macrogeneration, some patients have glaucoma, some patients have different things. um, So, or some of them have none of the above, and they have a parent or a spouse or a brother or sibling that has those those things. If they have a a, a disease that I can bill for, some of them I don't necessarily need that because I can bill for it, um, but a lot of them don't have uh, anything that I can necessarily build to do the extreme.
2: Got it. Okay. And so then if someone can, someone can really just find you and say, I want a really in-depth concierge dry eye evaluation also, like they don't have to do the whole, they don't necessarily come to you for their primary care exam, but they could come to you for just this dry eye evaluation. And that's the same thing. Like you're doing the, all of the testing that you have in your office.
0: Yeah. Every, every machine I got, and I got a lot of machines in my little small office, all the reps, they sucker me in every. Every every show, so I have everything. <laughs>
1: office. You're a tech guy. Um, I like it.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. For, uh, where my office is, I have a lot of ophthalmology around me. So Baskin Palmer, I'm the closest office to Baskin Palmer. So I literally have everything around me. So most of my patients actually see an ophthalmologist and see me at the same time. So they uh, actually some of my patients do both. Um, and see see both of us, and they come to see me two three times a year, and they see them and. That is the visit for the day. They dress up to come see me. So we have a good time.
2: <laughs> okay. So speaking of all the tech that you have in your office, you have NeuroLens, Yes. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that new to your office? Like, did you just get yes. that recently?
0: I got it a couple months ago. I was the eighth office to get the NeuroLens 2 device, the second one. Eighth Ooh. office.
1: I don't know anything yeah. about the new one. You'll have to tell me. Yeah, that's so the, the newer one,
0: right? The newer one is smaller. So it's quite a bit smaller. It's the okay. size of, like, let's say an uh, Oculus Easy Feel C. A small, uh, okay. think of a think of like an autorefractor like that size. Instead of the other one, was like a visual field machine.
2: Yeah,
0: it's too big for my office, so that's why I didn't pull the trigger previously. Um, and then it's faster; it's two minutes instead of three minutes to do the uh, to do the test. So it is you do need to be quicker because the patient does have to hold their eyes open and look straight ahead. So that one minute longer does make a difference um, in compliance and actually getting accurate readings, not just the compliance, but if the test is too long and the patient isn't looking in the right spot uh, appropriately, you won't get an actual foureas and stuff like that. You won't get the appropriate numbers. So, um, making it shorter and faster um, and smaller, it, it is it is a, a better machine than the previous one.
2: And so, the, okay, so the reason I want to talk about this too is because a lot of times, uh, or actually I don't know any per, what the percentages are on this, but patients can have what seem to be dry eye symptoms, but really they have this trigeminal dysphoria is really the cause of some of their problems. Can you like talk a little bit about that and how you've handled some cases maybe that you've seen in your office that have, have come about this way? So
0: that was the that was the one thing that I was, Skeptical about when I got the machine. I initially got the machine for the headaches, migraines, dizziness. That was my thing. They had a claim on there about dry eye. And um, I said, you know what? Well, let me give it a chance. You know? So before I even got the machine, what I did was I d- used the questionnaire and asked people, how many people are having headaches? So I did that for three months. And I was shocked, even though I do the in depth exam that I feel like I do, how many of my patients reported having headaches regularly? And their response to me was, well, I didn't think you could do anything about it. So I never mentioned it to you. So this is patients I'd been seeing for a long time, but I never had documented headaches. They'd never mentioned it to me. And they were like, well, you're the eye doctor. Why would I tell you about my headache? I got a foot pain too. Well, I didn't tell you about that. So I was like, okay, I get it. Because all of us say, well, I don't have that many headaches. I have that many patients with migraines. Well, if you never ask, you'll never know. So then I was shocked to see the volume of patients that I did have that would fit into this, this mold. So I pulled the trigger, got the machine. The headaches and, and the uh, migraine part worked phenomenally um, for for the patients that actually have headaches and migraines that are due to vision complaints, not the sinus headache people, not for other reasons. But the vision, the headaches that are caused from vision issues, the machine actually does test the phorias um, and does test the amount of prism needed really accurately. I, I, I've t- checked it against myself checked it against patients that I already had in Prism, and it's been pretty good on the money with that if you're doing the test accurately and you get a good test, good scan. What I was trying to figure out was a dry eye component when I got it. Now, what I am seeing is that it isn't so much that somebody is documented with Demodex and SPK and blepharitis, and all of a sudden it goes away with, 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 with Prism. That is not what this is. This is for patients that the trigeminal nerve that innervates the eye and uh, the lid muscles that are here, uh, that give a false reading. That the patient, when their eyes are um, going out or not able to see single here, they're getting a feeling and a sensation of dryness. It isn't a patient that has demodex and blepharitis and SPK that is going away with the neural lens. And I think that's where they're not really explaining it as well as they should. It is that you look on their eye and their eye looks fine, but yet they complain that my eyes feel dry. And mm-hmm. you see them and you look at them and you're not seeing the dryness that they are actually expressing to you. As bad as it's like, every time I get on the computer, it's really bad. When I read for a long time, it's really bad. And I need a bunch of drops and blah, blah, blah. You look on their eyes and you're like,
1: mm.
0: okay, here goes this prescription and here goes this. And you start on with your normal stuff. That's the patient where I'm looking and I'm taking a deeper dive. And I say, Well, do you all see your headaches when you're um when you're on the computer? Well, yeah, I just I just take a break. You know, that's what I use my lunch hour for. I take my glasses off and I take a little break, um, and then back on. And I'm like, ah, that's that's the patient that it works for, and that's the patient that's happy. Um, after they get the lenses, and all of a sudden now their eyes feel better, they're seeing single, more comfortable, and they actually say they see sharper and clearer because their eyes are not having to work to keep it single. It's single right away. And that's the one thing that has been really shocking is how, how much patients say it's much more clear to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're yeah. saying, my vision is so clear. With the same prescription, yeah. they're saying, it is clear because the image is together, single, easy, and relaxed. And then when they do in the computer, then they're coming back and I'm like, have you had issues on the computer set? Are you still having dry issues? And she's like, actually? No, my eyes don't feel like they felt before. Mm. Um, That's where, and I I don't think they've actually explained it really well. So anybody listening, that would be a better explanation. Paul Karpacky did give a good talk on it, and he explained it really well in that, but everybody may not have heard that um, that, that he did. Um, But that's really what the dry eye is when they're actually referencing it, it in the literature.
2: It's like thinking about symptoms that like outweigh the signs basically. So like you see this patient who looks really good, but they're very, they complain a lot about symptoms. That's when you sort of think about, okay, let's get a cover test going on this patient and see what we see here. Um, I was also reading about this in in terms of like, I think that can be an easy thing to sort of miss on initial presentation. You think, okay, maybe they've spent several hours and I'm seeing them in the morning and maybe they do look worse in the afternoon and then you maybe try a treatment or a therapy. But I, I was reading somewhere that it's like, your your clue is like, if you end up trying a steroid on this patient and this patient isn't really improving, that that's when you sort of think like, okay, you, you've missed something, let's check you know, ocular alignment and see how we're doing there.
1: Um, well, I'm curious with your patients, um, do they actually use the word dryness or do they use other words that describe the way their eyes feel? It's always interesting to me how people describe you know the discomfort or the sensation that they have
0: sometimes it isn't so much dryness but they're using the word that they think i understand yeah as we think that they're trying to find a word because they they want they want to get a doctor that gets me like do you get what i'm saying like i'm trying to get it out and <laughs> find somebody well you get it you understand that's it when they're trying to explain it so they may not use the word dryness they may use fatigue they may use irritation they may use burning stinging they may use Things um, besides dryness, or it just feels discomfort. They could just say I have discomfort, and I have to take my glasses off, you know. And then I and, and they think it's to taking the glasses off, but it's really because they become so blurred that they're not need they're not seeing single anyway, and they're just blurred and relaxing. And then they're able to lock back in when their eyes get a chance to take a break. Um, but sometimes they don't use the actual word dryness. You just kind of have to listen, and that's the, the key thing. Any and anybody in this eye care field, it's, it, it's not jumping right in. You know, if you don't know about a chief complaint, you haven't asked enough questions. Um, you know, we all just need to take a, a minute. I remind myself of that regularly. You know, sometimes you want to get in, you think you know what the answer is, you think you know what you're going to do. Um, and if you ask one more question, it makes it makes it makes our job a lot easier.
2: Leslie, how much, cause you're all dry eye, your, your um, office is all a dry eye medical practice. And how much of this do you think you see in your office? Like, I bet I see a lot. I bet there's a lot more than I'm actually paying attention to. You know what I'm saying? I think there's a lot more that I'm not catching. Um,
1: yeah, definitely. I My only thing with NeuroLens, cause it's something I want to bring in. I've wanted to for a few years. And now that you tell me about version two, I really am excited. Um, <laughs> is since I don't resell, or I don't retail glasses, I've, you know, talked to them about how can I do this model and write the script, and then they get the frame somewhere else, and then, you know, get the glasses made. Um, But I think it's a big part for sure of that, you know, that alignment. And I'm sure that the pandemic and all of the increased digital time spent, you're, you know, it's probably the perfect time to consider, you know, bringing something like this into your practice. I have used some uh, low basin prism and even like a very low grade tint on some patients um, that have had more binocular issues after like concussion syndromes that's been
2: life-changing for them. Adam, I did want to ask you another thing. This is sort of not dry eye related, but something big that I saw in the news that you're a part of. You're the co-founder of um, Black Eye Care Perspective and there was a recent partnership with you and J&J can you talk a little bit about that, just in case anyone didn't see it? I think it's um, it's a really wonderful thing.
0: So um, I co-founded Black Eye Care Perspective with Dr. Dara Glover, um, and uh, the idea of Black Eye Care Perspective is trying to build and foster lifelong relationships with the eye care community and African American uh, physicians. And what we're trying to do is increase the percentage of African American physicians in eye care. Um, and right now, we're sitting at three percent. And we are trying to get it to equal the census, which is 13% of the U.S. population. Um, so we put a challenge out there called the 13% promise to say what companies, which institutions, which schools uh, can partner with us to try and help us reach those goals. Um, and we've had uh, other schools and other companies. So j j was recent and it, was, it made a big splash, but they're not the only one. I don't want to make it seem like they're the only one that has partnered with us. We've had other people partner with us. They're just the most recent one um, that have uh, partnered with us on that goal and that mission to get more minorities to think and know about optometry. Um, and the 13% Promise is trying to get more uh, minority KOLs and more minorities on the boards of AOA and ASCO and your local associations. And for JJ and and all that stuff, when you look there, there isn't a lot of diversity in most of those companies. Let's just be honest. So, what we're saying is, okay, we need to have more people coming out of optometry school so that they can fill those positions. Because I can't just go to those companies and say, well, why don't you have my, my minorities? But they don't have enough minorities that qualify or that can get into those positions. So, you have to create a pipeline. Um, and JJ is partnering with us. So, they're sponsoring our pre optometry club. So, we're the first uh, organization to have a nationwide pre optometry club. There are pre optometry clubs in some schools but not every school has enough students interested in optometry to to qualify to have a a club of their own. So we're we're saying no matter what school you're at, you can come to our pre-optometry club and we can get you plugged in and with like-minded individuals and other students that may be, you may be in Arkansas or Alaska or New York or whatever, and you think you're alone. And we say, you're not alone. that somebody else likes optometry just as much as you do, um, and we can partner and, and plug them in. So we're showing them different aspects of optometry, because I don't know about you guys, but when I was in optometry school, all I knew was we're going to graduate and do eye exams. They told me I should probably do private practice. We heard, I learned a little bit about vision therapy, but I never knew about industry. I never knew about anything about KOLs. I never knew nothing about a medical science liaison. I never knew about any other thing that I could do with an optometry degree besides do eye exams. So there are a lot of students out there that maybe would be interested in optometry if they thought about it or saw the breadth of what things you could actually do with an optometry degree, and we're showing them all of those things. You can go and design contact lenses when you come out, but nobody, so you might get a science person that will go through the optometry route to get to the same point that they went another way to get there. So that's what we're really doing is exposing them. So we have an event, we do it um, every October called Impact HBCU, where we we put together a whole bunch of people, a great panel uh, to to highlight the profession of optometry all across the the globe. Um, We get people to log in from different continents all around the US, um, and then we plug them into our pre-optometry club, and then we get them into optometry school. Last year, we had 30 out of 35 of the students that applied to optometry school that went through our program, got in and accepted. And almost all of them got scholarship money from us and from other organizations to actually help along the way. And we partnered with ASCO, we partnered with AOA, we partnered with a lot of people to uh, make that make that happen. So we've been really excited.
1: Well, that is really exciting. Um, are you reaching out like to the co- like colleges, undergraduate colleges? That's where you're reaching out, which seems like a very daunting task because there's so many, <laughs> you know, to choose it's, from. But
0: it is a lot. Of, it, it is a lot of work to, to reach out to them.
1: But I know um, with you and Dr. Glover on the um, leading the charge that it will, you'll reach your 13%, no doubt.
0: <laughs> and, and, and we have other people. We have Dr. Essence Johnson and Jacoby uh, Cleaver, as well as some of our leaders. Um, Tiffany Hume just came on on the executive team. So we have other people joining the charge. Me and Daryl started it, but we're not the only ones doing it. Right. And I would say that there are a lot of other people doing the work behind the scenes. And there are other organizations that started before. She had the National Optometric Association that started before but they weren't necessarily reaching the, the students in undergrad, right? That They weren't going to high schools. And our goal is to say, sometimes I'm, undergrad is too late. Sometimes the students get to third and fourth year before they even hear about optometry and they don't have the prereqs. So they'll have to stay in year, school a year or two to, longer to get the prereqs and then it's too late. So these students actually need to be reached younger. Oh, forward. so
1: your focus is more
0: like the high school. You're We're focusing to- currently yeah. in undergrad. Okay. But we already know, once you get your hands in there, you realize that you do have to reach further in the pipeline. The issue is, most people that give funding, most people that support an organization, want to see more immediate results. If you have a high school freshman, how long before they graduate out of elementary school? Ten right. years, long time, right? So you what company is going to fund us for ten years before we say, hey, don't trust me. In ten years, we'll see the number move. Right. So unless so right now we're starting with undergrad because we can get more of an immediate change there. But if we can get the industry to think longer than a year, think longer than one cycle um, to be able to say, hey, guys, this problem didn't start overnight. It's not going to finish overnight. So we have to be in it for the long haul. We have to be able to say, hey, uh, diversity, we need to see more of it in the profession. And I'm willing to do the work that it's going to take. Uh, to 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 get it done. So we're starting in undergrad, but we we do know we need to continue to reach down. But it's going to take manpower. It's going to take uh, people. It's going to take funding to, to to do that. But we are getting funding. We are getting manpower. So it's just uh, building uh, uh, building something that's going to be here for the for the long term. That's
2: great, Adam. I'm so proud of you. You and Daryl. Way to go. Good job, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. We're, we're, we're trying. We appreciate it.
2: Adam, (laughs) thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. This was great to talk to you, to um, learn more about your experience even with NeuroLens. Leslie and I do not have any experience with it. So thanks for sharing all of your knowledge. And I am probably going to send you a text later with more questions about the uh, concierge dry eye No problem. (laughs) No problem. I'm
0: I'm here. Anybody wants to reach out to me, you can find me. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Google, Yelp, uh, uh, LinkedIn, Uh, You're not looking hard enough. Uh, I'd love to talk to anybody about anything.
1: Or maybe the internet was down. (laughs) (laughs) You can't find Dr. Ramsey online. Maybe the internet is broken.
0: Maybe. There you go. It's broken. It's broken. (laughs) All right. Thanks for having me.
1: And now for the To The Point wrap-up. When thinking about your practice and building your dry eye practice, think about a couple things. Concierge medicine offers a great way to bypass vision plans and medical insurance and offer your patients the very best in care. NeuroLens helps to uncover focusing issues that sometimes could be misdiagnosed or misconstrued as dry eye by your patients. When you see things that don't add up, be the change. I challenge you, just like Dr. Ramsey, to see what might be lacking in eye care and be the change, whether it's through his movement with black eye care or something that you see that just doesn't seem right.